Welcome to Cosmophonia. I'm Meredith. And I'm Gabe. And today we are finishing up our conversation about Star Trek themes that we started last time. Mostly next generation. But also a little bit of Enterprise and Discovery. talk about the next generation it's a kind of a march in six eight yes it is which is quite different from some of the other ones it's very souza no it's not but it, it is, is. <laughs> well well, no, well he wrote he wrote a lot he of marches in six <laughs> the <Yeah>. washington post <laughs> but. so the interesting thing to me about six eight since we were talking about triplets earlier is that it does allow for these rhythmic groupings of three and two to kind of alternate except that it's not as transgressive sounding because it's within the meter it's yep. not outside the meter but it still allows for this kind of excitement this rhythmic interest yeah that really uh reflects the show itself which is very interesting <laughs> very exciting it is but perhaps less transgressive <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't. I think if the next generation theme does anything that strikes me as as like, quote, unquote, against the rules, right? It's that it, it does involve a few kind of unexpected harmonic things. There's a little bit of whole tone action that happens, you know, and there's a very mild, right, like these kind of descending chord progressions by step. These are not things that you would expect, but they're also things that by the late 1980s have been heard like a bajillion times in every context. So yeah. no, no, I don't hear too much transgression going on in the next generation theme, but I mean, but I mean, damn, it is big. It is mm. exciting. It's exciting. <laughs> it doesn't need to be transgressive to be exciting. <laughs> it can just be, I, you know, it's, here's my very scholarly take it can be just good you know yeah, <laughs> absolutely it, it kind of i mean and it's also maybe unsurprising to think that that theme song of all of these it's the one that didn't originate with the show right it originated with a non-tng film yeah so it was designed to be cinematic and i don't know what the logic was when they were developing the the show but you know like well hey we got that great theme song from the movie like let's bring that epicness to the next generation you know which yeah. is pretty you know it's a pretty epic ship it's a pretty epic crew the bigness and actually maybe that's part of it uh now that i'm talking and thinking out loud about this to me one of the things that's always been striking about next generation is the uss enterprise ncc 1701 d is magnificent right yeah i mean all of the ships are magnificent but like in my little 80s heart and also just my little like nerd machine slash spaceship slash airplane slash all modes of transportation <laughs> heart it's like the the 1701 d is just so cool i mean and like not because not just because it's big but it's like it's big and it's elegant and it's this very complicated system and i have the technical manual and the blueprints and i can tell you that it is just such an incredible engineering thing 
and when you think about the imagery, we didn't talk about this at all, but like mm-hmm. the visual imagery of all of these theme songs, like what is the visual imagery of the next generation theme song? Ooh, enterprise, enterprise, <laughs> yeah. enterprise. And you're like, yes, this big, incredible exploratory vessel that can like kick ass when it has to, but it doesn't want to, you know, it can separate the saucer. That's like so cool. There is, I mean, I'm getting very excited about the Enterprise. I think this is probably not surprising. But um, suffice to say, I feel like the match between the aural largeness and non-transgressiveness of the theme matches just the ba- this like like think about all this excitement that I have just now mustered. You don't need transgression. No. When it's also in dialogue with that kind of competence that runs throughout all of Star Trek, right? Like, yeah, we know it's big. Like, yeah, we know it's like super cool. We're also right. Like, we're Starfleet. We're we're the morally <laughs> we're not infallible, but like this is a group of people who like you know, they like get shit done. It's a utopia. It is a utopia. They have no money. No. No money, they have no want for food, they can just replicate it at will. And they spread that all across the galaxy to literally anybody who wants it and agrees to not suck. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's an extremely optimistic vision, and so, and it's cool. It's not boring. It's not a boring utopia. No. It's exciting. I've always, I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on the Enterprise, but (laughs) that's a permanent condition. But (laughs) I mean, I've always kind of... I'm open to a range of opinions about most things, but I've always found a distaste for the opinion that like next generation is less exciting because the enterprise D is like a flying office building, right? That it's like got this kind of corporate decor situation. First of all, like, okay, I can, I I can see it. I can see it. I guess, I guess, I guess, (laughs) but I don't know. I've never not seen it as exciting right like like okay so what the floors are carpeted like like okay (laughs) as if that takes away anything of the the excitement of that ship and what goes on in it Mm. yeah i agree sorry that was a little (laughs) i had a little trekkie moment there it's okay (laughs) i'm sure you can be forgiven for that thank you i think there is one other thing as before in neglecting the spacey opening of the original series, we have neglected the spacey opening of The Next Generation, which I think of here because it does add a dimension to the overall sort of like soundscape of The Next Generation, which is the like amazing late 80s synthesizer. Yes. Oh, synthesizers, yes, space, like, otherware, you know, and I, I actually, I, it's of all the synthesizer things I can think of from this time, it's one of the few that actually, like, simultaneously sounds dated, but also still correct, Yeah, you know, like, it's definitely of a time, but it's, I can't, I can't think of any other sound 
that like if you wanted to use a synthetic instrument right a synthesizer if you wanted to do that to create space sounds i feel like that's again it's kind of like that's the right answer Mm -hmm. like i don't know today what i what would we do differently i don't know i don't know i i think it's the right answer yeah sounds good i mean maybe that's a limit of my own creativity but uh i'm struck by the fact that even in our own theme song, we have some spacey synthesizer sounds. <laughs> like it's so, like it still works. It it does. It does. And I mean, we could get into why is the synthesizer spacey, but maybe we should true. leave that for another episode Ooh, because yeah, there's yeah. a lot I have to say about that. But that's true. That's true. The only other thing that I had thought of to talk about with the next generation theme is it's somewhat similarity to the star wars theme song and i i was wondering like whether that was a conscious choice or not and i think it might have been actually because uh i mean we know that the original series was canceled after three seasons there was a little gap before they were able to do the movie and what happened in between that time star wars happened and i'm not sure what the creators of the show necessarily said but I have heard that William Shatner at least claimed that it was really partially due to Star Wars that Star Trek was able to kind of come back because Star Wars like ignited kind of popular interest in epic space movies and stuff. And I think I also read that Paramount specifically was like, oh, shoot, look at this Star Wars thing. We need to like come up with our own kind of competition for that. And so they're like, hey, Star Trek, you want to come back? (laughs) Well, and it makes sense, right? Because Star Wars, I don't know what the right language is. I wouldn't, I don't know if it's correct to say that it changed the paradigm, but like it's certainly, you know, at the very least, yes, it reintroduced a sense of excitement about like what can go on and galaxies far far away right and um although that's different from star trek which is in just this one, galaxy yes. just in one it's a big old galaxy it's a though, big so, galaxy you know yeah yeah you can go your whole life and not get to the end of it that's right that's right voyager got real lucky we're not depending <laughs> we're not. on whose side you're on <laughs> yeah anyway but i don't know like aside from the obvious march thing it just struck me today when I was re-listening to The Next Generation that it has some, like, really, really fast string oh, kind of counter melodies. That is very John Williams. You yeah. know, John Williams has a tendency for writing string parts that I've heard violinists say, like, they don't even really play the notes. They just kind of do it and see what comes out. <laughs> and that's that's definitely reflected. I think yeah, little swirly kind of counter yeah. melody decorations. Yeah. yeah, it's gesture. Gesture. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it occurs to me that this is also, um, you know, if we think about the broader, some other space-related things in and around the late 1970s, early 1980s, this is also a kind of lull in human space exploration. Hmm. In the post-Apollo era, there was Skylab, but that's been over, right? I think that deorbited in 76. And you would, you're on the cusp of the space shuttle. Mm. So perhaps there was some burgeoning excitement about the space shuttle, maybe. I don't know. Um, whose, I think, beginnings were also pretty pretty heroic, right? Because, oh, 
a new era reusable spacecraft right like wow um the right stuff the movie comes out in 80 something early 80s which is also quite heroic but hearkening back to an earlier heroism and but this is all laying groundwork for the next generation, right? right? So when the next generation can come to television sets, it's like now in a world where the space shuttle does exist, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Right, where the space shuttle is a thing. <laughs> yeah. The next step, obviously, is the Enterprise. Obviously. You know. Obviously. First well, you invent reusable spacecraft. Next you explore deep space. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's not even the next step. Enterprise was the first space shuttle. Yeah. Right? <laughs> thanks to star trek yeah so mm. you know so yeah no it actually yeah no it all overlaps right, right? because enterprise that was in the uh, 70 something late 70s that the flight that the landing tests were done with enterprise also magnificent mm. that is also a magnificent enterprise Yes, there is no enterprise that is not magnificent. I think that's a rule, a general principle. I mean, you can't call something enterprise if it's terrible. Enterprise. I know. Inter- like, it's yeah, just a come, good word. Yeah, it's a great word. It's a... You got the T and the P. Enterprise. Yeah. Prize. 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 Oh, eyes. Ent. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so... Speaking of speaking of enterprise, things that are called enterprise that are like not necessarily living up to expectations. Oh no, <laughs> no, poor enterprise. Well, to me, maybe it's just that the theme music gives me the wrong expectation because it makes me not want to watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> like it's. Aww. The, the great thing about all the other previous themes is that they are kind of thematically connected, if if not by any other reason than by the space fanfare thing, which actually, I forgot to mention that the Deep Space Nine, uh, the main melody part of it is the same as the Enterprise main melody just at the beginning. It just comes... Oh, not wait, the, inter- the next, next generation. generation. Next Generation oh, oh, okay. and Deep Space Nine. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I meant. It's in a different rhythm. And it goes off in a different direction, but it's the same notes. Oh, and if we're having a little interlude about this, it's also worth noting that the theme song for Picard da, 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 yep. is a minorized version of The Next Generation, Yeah, which is super smart. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. that. I like that too. Good job. Good job. Good Picard. job, uh, Jeff Russo. That's right. Yes. Not Picard. I mean, well, yes, Picard, but <laughs> production staff of Picard, including Jeff Russo. Jeff Russo also wrote the Discovery theme. Yeah. Which, um, that, speaking mm, of the expectations. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Convince me about Enterprise, though. Some people love the song, and I am not holding that against them. I just find it very schmaltzy and like having nothing to do with anything. You will find no contrary convincing for me. I... I wouldn't go so far as to say that it makes me not want to watch the show, <laughs> but I, I have, um, not great feelings about that theme song as a piece of music.
know it was originally written for another film? This surprises me not at all. It was written, I forget who wrote it, a pop singer and songwriter. Um, it was written for the film Patch Adams starring oh, yeah. Robin Williams about some psychiatrist, some doctor who like believes he can cure people with the power of laughter. It was just like the cheesiest thing I have ever heard. And the song like is also very cheesy and it's about like faith and in some sense it kind of reminds me of like faith contemporary of Christian music. Oh, and it's man. like, what does this have to do with Enterprise? You know, is there is there any like actual message that the music gives us that is actually accurate about the show? I think the answer to that is yes, if I'm being benevolent. I think the answer to that is yes, right? Because the basic premise of Enterprise is like, oh my God, we just discovered warp drive a hundred years ago and now the Vulcans are finally letting us actually do it, yeah. right? And we're asserting ourselves in the galaxy. Yay, humanity, mm. right? So yeah, I got faith of the heart. Like, yeah, like there's that spirit, but oh, damn, is it lame? I mean, <laughs> it's like just... I, I just feel like the lyrics are just every cliche about going for your dreams, yeah. just sort of like strung together in rhythm. Yeah. And not a whole lot of musical interest going on. The other thing that really bugs me about it is that the visuals that accompany that theme song are like, it's this like pastiche of images from the history of aeronautics and space exploration. I'm all for it. I love that. I love that. Assuming it's, you know, in the right order and it's not right. Like it's just this very random, like, Oh, here's them landing on the moon and here's the right brothers. <laughs> and, you know, right? like, okay. It's like free association. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just it like nothing communicates artistic integrity, like mm -hmm. random stock images of airplanes, you know, <laughs> and, and cliche lyrics. So no, I don't, have a lot that I can convince you about with Enterprise, unfortunately. I mean, and again, again, this is so, you know, I, I, it's, I'm not, I don't mean to levy here any kind of moral judgment on no. people who like the theme song. Surely not. Um, I heard something recently about the value of cliches that gave me an angle that I never really thought about. Um, you know, the idea that, like, well, if you don't know what to say and you say a cliche, like that's kind of a, a sort of secret acknowledgement of the fact that sometimes you just don't know what to say and mm. that that's okay right and so I actually feel like I, I I don't know for me this doesn't save the theme song like it's insufficient but I do think it's possible to find value in that theme song that's all I just wanted to validate anyone who actually likes the theme song that's that's fine I get that I mm -hmm. get that it's just it's a hard thing for me given all of the stuff that we've come up with in these other theme songs, you know? I mean, we're talking about Star Trek, which is pretty epic and famously thoughtful, you know? And I actually think Enterprise is a pretty thoughtful show yeah. overall. And I feel a little sort of let down by a theme song. Like, it doesn't... Because here's the other thing. It doesn't bother me that it has words. It doesn't bother me that it's a pop song, right? Like, that... It's out of character. Okay, that can be fine. That can be okay. But like, you know, man, make it a compelling one at least. I mean, that's where it gets me. It just doesn't quite... Not only does it not live up to my expectations of Star Trek, 
which could be forgiven but it also like internally doesn't to me live up to the expectations of the show like even as you watch it right and you're like oh boy i'm excited to see captain archer right do whatever do whatever's gonna happen and you're like except first i have to listen to this theme song (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that's fair i mean i dare say the discovery theme song has a similar um effect on me (sighs) yeah i hate to say it but it's not good (laughs) (laughs) man you're harsh (laughs) i'm sorry okay all right all right i will i'll i'll be fair to it there are some things that it does do there are some things that it tries to do that i feel like it's unsuccessful at Mm. so let's talk about what it does do first of all it gives a certain sense about what the show is going to be that I think is in some ways accurate, which is, let's talk about the space fanfare part, because it does actually include that, more or less. And like some of the other ones, it changes it up a bit, just to make it more, you know, different. So the original fanfare is done, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. This one starts out with those kind of descending fourths, except for the second one's not a fourth, so they change that. And then then it, it starts to do the fanfare part with the brass, right? Except, instead of having these two leaps upward and then two more leaps upward, it has just two notes. And then, it doesn't go up more, it just steps downward. (laughs) To me, it sounds extremely tentative. Like, this is not hopeful. This is not exciting. This is not, you know, yeah, we're going to go out. It's like, is there something over there? Is there something over there? Oh, <laughs> I'm just going to go back in my hole now. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. And then it has this rising seventh at the end that just kind of, you know, ends this the fanfare. And it sounds to me like a question. Which is answered with, which is yes so it so similarly to i mean despite the fact that it is much more tentative than the original fanfare it does actually build a little bit of tension with that upward leap of the seventh and so you you think it's going to be building into something but then what it builds into is some broken chords You know, this makes me think for the first time ever of a potentially redeeming link between this theme song and this show. Mm -hmm. It occurs to me that one of the show's recurring themes are characters overwhelmed by doubt and insecurity. Yes, it's true. That's why I'm saying it's accurate because this is... Overall, I wouldn't say it's a dark show, but compared to all the other ones, it's darker and less optimistic. And it is true that the characters are less sure of themselves and less, you know, like, perfect than a lot of the other ones. And I think that, yes, they often are tentative. They often are questioning what they're doing, like whether they even belong there. 
I think part of what bugs me about this in the context of the theme song, though, is that, like, if that's going to be a theme of the characters of the show, right? Okay, all right, fine. But why would you want the theme song to not suggest some kind of, like, resolve to improve or, like, some kind of balance, right? Like, you know... This, I mean, you were just talking about the first zone of this of this theme song, which is also formally bizarre in that it moves through like, I don't know, like 17 different phases that seem not completely related to one another. And then it just ends with like an obligatory bump bump. Oh, like, God. I, you know, we'll, we'll like, get to that we'll, part. <laughs> okay. Well, but I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking like the the. It's one thing to, like, have a show about people who are insecure, right? And, and it's another thing, though, for the theme song to, like, make you aware of that as, you know, like, why? Like, I think the really nice touches of Picard that add that layer of doubt to the original series theme, I think that's really elegant because in that show, we know who he is already, right? And we know we know that now that we're encountering Captain Picard, or Admiral Picard as an older man, we understand that the drama of this show is is about his, theoretically, is about his relationship to the past, right? And that involves a certain kind of reticence and a certain revisiting of things. And in Discovery, it's like, well, wait a, you know, like you're you're insecure, but like you're gonna just stay that way if the theme song is one that kind of issues a sense of arrival like earned arrival mm-hmm. then it it suggests like this is just how it is there's a stasis involved and it's a stasis i mean whenever you have post philip glass arpeggiated <laughs> things i mean that was part of his whole deal right this is music of stasis and you know and if we're looking for a melody in that song like good luck Right, ba-da, 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 ba-da. I mean, that's... It's I, a bad melody. It's not a melody. I, like, I would go it's so... It's just f- chord tones. Yeah, like, I would go so far as to say that it's, like, it's, it's like, yeah, I wouldn't say that it rises to the level of melody. But it's pretending to be a melody, which is what's disappointing to me. It, the, it's in the uncanny valley of melodic construction. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's more like it's false, because like it's trying to trick false. you into thinking it's a melody. But then if you think about it for a second, you're like, wait, you're just trying to trick me here. Just similarly to how it has, it does try. Okay, going back to your thing about, yeah, okay, it's okay if people are insecure, but what really makes it compelling if there is if they're able to overcome that and i think that they do have plots where that happens in the actual show but it could also be reflected in the theme they could have done it if they started out with that tentative opening and then you know gradually built towards something that really was fulfilling and really was exciting and compelling uh but they don't do that because here's another thing that bugs me about the the theme is that it has a number of places where it builds, mm-hmm. like it's gonna go into something. It's kind of like in EDM where you have that like build to the bass drop, you know. That was good. And then <laughs> instead of having a bass drop, it has arpeggios. Yeah. Like yeah. ah, it's it's just it's it's not a real point of arrival unless you have that arrival. Yeah, there must be an actual arrival. Well, that's why I said an earned arrival before, because there are points of arrival. They're just 
artificial. Right. Right. Exactly. And 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 I also, you know, I I want to kind of clarify one thing. We've been talking a lot about building and releasing and blah 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 and arrival. I don't know that everything needs to be goal oriented. No. And but it pretends like it is. I think that's yeah. I think that's part of the issue here. It's like it engages with goal orientation but doesn't follow through Mm -hmm. and that sort of saps it of integrity in a way i mean i'm not i don't again like (laughs) with all i don't if you like it that's fine yeah of course and i don't mean to imply that like the music itself is morally corrupt right it's but it is we're talking about things that it seems to communicate to us right it seems to communicate promises that it consistently fails to deliver and you know i mean this is actually one of the things that i love about philip glass i don't require melody in music that i listen to sure. right and for the record philip glass has plenty of melodies and he's quite he knows what he's doing mm-hmm. right but one of the things that i like about his more his more kind of austere pieces like pieces that really are arpeggios for like an hour mm-hmm. is that well if that's all that it is that's something different mm-hmm. right then you're like this is challenging me in ways that are different from goal orientation. They are not about fulfilling my expectations. They are about what it is, right? And living with the isness of it, you know? And I think you're right that, like, by falling into this kind of in-between place where it's, like, things... Like, I'm okay with... Da-dum. Like, that's a, it's a, it's a generic motive, right? Treat it as a generic motive. Cool. Don't treat it as a, an attempt at a melody because now my brain is confused. My brain is confused about whether I should be hearing it as a melody or if I should be hearing it as part of a texture or something. I think of this also in the context of the other theme songs that we've been discussing, right? We, The idea of the kind of elegant construction of the original series with its rise. I mean, of course, that's goal-oriented. It's the, you know, it's the 60s. It's adventure. Like, yeah, yeah. right? And the construction of the Voyager theme. It's ups and it's downs, right? The stasis and the counterpoint of Deep Space Nine and just and the bigness of Next Generation and then here with Discovery. Uh, what is that? What have they actually discovered? What have they discovered? The show is about discovery. We can't even say they've discovered themselves. Well, here. <laughs> here's the last, like, just nail in the coffin of Discovery theme song. At the end. Bump, bump. No. No. Before it gets to that, after <laughs> the fake melody has ended. Oh, you get the, oh, yeah. You get the space fanfare, the actual original space fanfare, which is just the theme's most concrete connection to all the other themes. Except it's at the end, and the fanfare is supposed to be an opener, and it's supposed (laughs) to build this tension that propels you into the main melody. And in this case, it's put at the end, it builds the tension, and then it just stops. It does. I'm curious because I just because I know that you've thought about it so much. Is your objection to that based on your experience of the sound, or is it based on 
the kind of aesthetic position of saying it's a fanfare it should go at the beginning uh it's based on the sound because i hate that it does build this tension and then just goes bump bump because that's not satisfactory to me now here's another example of where i'm perfectly fine with them doing something like this which is in prodigy i know we didn't set out to talk about the prodigy theme song but I think that that is a very well-constructed theme song, and it does this same similar kind of thing where after the main melody is over, it brings in this callback to, you know, the da na 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 but then it just doesn't, it doesn't actually end-end with, like, bump-bump. It actually has this kind of, this, this cadential kind of movement after that that makes it really sound like, okay, now it's over, like we've earned this. Well, and it is that is a great theme song, right? And when it brings it back, it's not in isolation, right? It's you've got those those dee 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 dee, dee mm-hmm. right? Like it's there's a maintenance of rhythmic charge that's been built up over the course of what is a very long theme song, relatively speaking, yeah. right? So it maintains that energy. Whereas in the discovery one, it's true, like the whole texture just exits, yeah, right? It just stops, and then you just get this, burr, 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 and you're like, oh right, it's Star Trek, you know. <laughs> But it seems like an afterthought to me. Well, that's why I was saying it's like 17 parts, right? Because it's like, oh, I know. Well, we'll put in that beginning thing because it's Star Trek. And then we'll have these arpeggios. And then we'll have like the fake melody thing. And then like, oh, wait, we're supposed to put in the Alexander Courage theme. Uh, Wait, hold on. The producer said it needs to be 59 seconds long. So dun, dun silence yeah okay okay, okay okay we got to our you know yeah it's like they were like trying to fill in the time allotment that they needed to get to yeah oh man <sighs> yeah are we being too mean to it i think we're being a little bit too mean to it because there are some interesting things about it i mean this is not transgressive really but you know the arpeggio kind of pattern has some kind of rhythmic interest to it because it's based on these groups of three so it's broken triads that since it's in a meter of like 4-4 four, four or something, that means that the beat falls on a different point on the broken chord. So I don't know if you'd call that a hemiola or just, no, just just a pattern that doesn't necessarily line up with the downbeats or whatever. But I mean, that's, that's interesting. It kind of reminds me a little bit, I mean, the Moonlight Sonata doesn't do this, but this kind of broken chord arpeggio thing, it gives a kind of like Moonlight Sonata vibe to me or potentially a little bit reminiscent of like some of Hans Zimmer's scores like maybe for Interstellar I don't know if you know that one at all but it kind of this moonlight like mystery kind of um, and and I mean the arpeggio I mean that gesture is one also in our own theme song right like it's not like that kind of texture I think and that kind of rhythmic profile in particular the kind of three plus three plus two do 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 Right, it is. It's like it's a different version of four than we usually get, mm-hmm. and it it is. It has those kind of mathy, subtle mathy connotations where you become. I mean, Coldplay uses it in Clocks, right? Mm-hmm. I think given the premise of the show, it's like it's a logical, very how <laughs> sorry, it's a logical choice, right? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it is, and and 
and they are fine arpeggios. And in fact, I actually don't have any issues with, I don't have any issues with that texture. I don't have any issues with the harmonic progression mm -hmm. of the theme song. I kind of like that. Mm -hmm. It has positive things going on for sure. But it's true that I just find that the overall, as a whole, you know, not more than the sum of its parts. Yeah. It is exactly the sum of its parts. Yeah, I think that's fair. Thank you.